So I had convinced my my father that Queen was a Christian band. <laughs> 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 to the point where my dad's a soccer our soccer coach. And so he would bring uh, on a cassette tape at, at, you know at the time, he'd bring this jam box out to our practices and play another one bites the dust. It was our theme song. And he'd be like, you know, he thinks he's talking about the devil or something. Somebody, the devil's going about the dust. He, he hadn't listened to anything. And so and, and we, so we go play the game. We'd win. We'd lose. And we go to this little pizza joint afterwards. It had a jukebox in the deal. My dad, go play, hit it up on the deal. Another one bites the dust. Come back, give a team speech. Like, hey, boys, we'll get them next time, you know. They're going down. They're going to bite the dust next time. Devil, um, I'm sitting in church on a Sunday evening. And this traveling evangelist is coming through town, speaking the ills of secular music and how it's warping the minds of the young children today. And the first song out of the, <laughs> to, to, to show this backward masking, secret messages being being put into these young, impressionable minds is Queen, another one by Dust. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, We're today on Behind the Tunes here from the Visible Music College Studios with David Crowder. Check him out at CrowderMusic.com. David, thanks so much for being here today, man. Abs- absolute privilege, man. Glad to. Now you're a you're a Wacoan or Waken or a Woken. I, that, that? Well, I was there for longer than you know most. <laughs> I went to school at Baylor. Yeah, I got I I call I got stuck there for about sixteen years. I was a part of a church start. And I uh, was just trying to be helpful. And then it turned into a, then I was on staff there at the church for, as I said, 16 years. And out of that, um, we had a, had a band that was just, the, it was just a bunch of students that started, you know, making music together. And that's sort of how I got into this whole thing. Um, now I'm still, still at it. That's a long time ago. It was back in the late nineties. Well, I was reading up on Waco, Texas before we got on today since I knew you spent a lot of time there. And so we'll, we'll, let's go through some fun facts to see if you know these things about Waco. Tell me about my, tell me about my town. <laughs> Did you know that there is a, the, the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Not Rangers, it's, Rangers. It's, it's one. It's just, it's just one dude. It's just <laughs> the one Ranger. That's all, that's all Waco had time for. No, it's right. And it's, it's actually right on the Brazos River. It's got prime location, prime real estate for that Ranger Museum, that one guy. Have you yeah. been to it? No, I've never been to it. Never no, we, been to it. Next time I've looked at it from a distance and thought, <laughs> man, they got a good spot there. I bet there's a lot of neat things about that guy in there. She yeah, the Texas Rangers. I was on a I was on a plane uh flight. Uh you know, we we travel out of Waco. We always hop on a little sob twin prop plane to Dallas to DFW and connect to wherever we're going. We, we, uh, the first flight was necessary to get to the big city of Dallas, Fort Worth. And uh at the time uh, we had uh, W. Bush in office, and yeah. he had a ranch right outside of town in Crawford. And so we noticed that they're like, I don't know, five or six uh, very, very uh, intimidating-looking men getting on the plane in front of us, and they're all carrying these cases. And and we get on there, and we're like, hey, hey what do y'all do? And they're like, oh, we're musicians. And you're talking to a band, and I'm like, oh, you are. I've never seen a band <laughs> as fit as you guys. And then I'm like, well, what's in the cases? He's like, that's a keyboard. I'm like, that ain't a keyboard, bro. <laughs> You're a band, that ain't a keyboard. That's a gun, isn't it? He's like, it's a gun. I said, what, free, what, what are you doing? He's like, we're Texas Rangers. I'm like, oh my goodness. So there wasn't just one of those. There were multiple Rangers on our flight. And I thought, this is the coolest, this is the coolest plane I've ever been on. 
the how Texas funny. Rangers. Yeah, how funny that they're they're trying to sneak one past oh, the fans. Like, yeah. I'm oh. like, you are the you're the worst <laughs> undercover policeman I've ever been. I'll bust you. I ain't, I ain't no, it ain't no keyboard. It's yeah. too funny. So you got the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame. Right, right. We got 75 percent of the world snickers are made in Waco. Mars. Yeah. Hey, Eminem Mars right outside of town. It's a, they're spitting the candy out. It's a that's where everywhere. all the candy comes from Waco. You don't know that you get <laughs> you get Magnolia and Fixer Uppers and you get candy. It's, <laughs> it's a magical land. Yeah, since well, the heart of well, Texas. there's there's another piece of magic there though, and that is Dr Pepper, right? Hey man, Dr Pepper, right there, Dr Pepper, the nectar of the gods. Listen, hey, I lived in the house Dr Pepper built. Do you know this story? No. Oh my gosh, me Tell and my wife lived in this little duplex off of campus for like seven years. We couldn't leave because the rent was so cheap. Our rent was like three hundred and twenty-five dollars, utilities included. Oh I'm like, gosh. we're never gonna leave here. This is this is like a <laughs> miracle. It. Yeah, nobody can get this rent. Well, we're out driving around town one day and we see this house and it looks it's decrepit. It looks like you know the cat where the cat lady lives, and there's a lot of cat you can tell. Um, and and so we there's a realtor sign in the yard though. We call it up. We're not looking because we, we're very happy at our place. But we call it up. This lady shows up. We walk in on the front porch, and the front porch is as big as the duplex we've been living in. I'm like it's massive, <laughs> spacious. And so as she's walking us up there, she says this house was built in 1886 by a guy by the name of Wade Morrison, who was the corner drugstore owner and invented Dr Pepper. <laughs> Which I said, and this is not how you do this. I said, we'll take it. <laughs> so we bought the house that Dr. Pepper built, and we lived in the Dr. Pepper house. And we so we it took some work. It was uh, it was a fixer upper. Speaking <laughs> of those guys, um, I mean, I remember the first night we were there, and it rained. Uh, we walk into where the kitchen eventually was, and water was just pouring down the wall <laughs> inside the house. And and my wife's looking at me like, what did you get us into? And I go, hey, babe, we got a water feature. That's what I got That's you. Right. That's a water feature. That's an indoor waterfall, please. I Look got you stories. I got Lug you stories. Yeah, luxury. Yeah, but we went, we wound up converting. There was a barn in the back of the house that we converted into a studio. And, and Pepper... The mm -hmm. horse lived in the barn. This was Pepper's place. You don't know this lure, but yeah, it was, he was, uh, the guy was in love with a, uh, it was a forlorn in love with a girl from West Virginia and her dad was Dr. Pepper and they never connected. And then he names a beverage after this guy, you know, that kind of prevented yeah. the hookup. If I was, if I was Wade Morris's wife, I'd be like, let it go, bro. This is like, let it go. You know, sing helping. You know, that's been tough on the marriage. I didn't know that little love triangle there. I didn't know yeah. that story at all. And then names the pet, names the horse after him, names the beverage after him. He, he had issues, bro. Wade Wade had issues. He's working through hard. Less, well, listen, we've all been there. <laughs> but it, but he, you know, as I was reading about Dr Pepper, I, I was alarmed to find out the number of times people were like, "Is there's no prune juice in it." I was like, I never even thought about it. Why do you keep telling me there's no prune juice in it? it, it well, uh, yeah, that was well, as, as a rumor. You know, everybody was like, oh, well, Dr. Pepper's got prune juice. You know, it helps. It's, it was more of like a, uh, uh, you know, some some sort of elixir, a health elixir <laughs> yeah. is how it was sold on the yeah. front end. You know, it'll help with the digestives. It's a digestive. And, uh, you know, we don't know. It's 23 flavors. And you can't tell me that one of them may <laughs> or may, it may be prune. I mean, 23 of them out of 23, got to be pruned in there somewhere. I'm just yeah. saying there's a lot of smoke. 
you know, that people yeah. are protesting too much on the whole yeah. food thing. So yeah. I think you may be right. Yeah. Well, that's our well, that's our Waco fun fact trivia. for the day. Yeah, that's our fun facts for the day. Well, David, let's go back. You hit a little bit on you know how you got started as far as the band and just kind of started playing there, rooted in the church. What about you personally? Where did you start getting into music to begin with? Well, my mom early on, well, we had a piano in the house, and mm-hmm. and uh, when I, you know when you're a kid. It's one of the first things your parent, my parents would be like, hey, don't touch the piano. You know, that's for the adults. You know, it's it, and nobody played in the house. So it was like, I don't know. We inherited it from somebody. And it's like, don't touch the piano. That's Uncle you know, Ernest's or something. And of course, when you're a kid and you hear don't, that's the first thing you're going to do. And so I was always getting in trouble for banging on the piano. And, you know, uh, it's very obvious when a kid's banging on the piano, you get <laughs> caught quickly. Um, but at some point, my mom's like, I recognize that song. I think that's the theme of Dallas. <laughs> or something. I don't know what I'm playing. But she's like, I'm not, that's a that's off the TV. And so she's like, man, this little kid's got an ear. We get, we need to get him. We need to get him some some lessons. I hated it, but she started shoving me to piano lessons and and uh and uh, they they tricked me on the front end. They're like, man, you can learn like the theme from Rocky. And I'm like, okay, I like Rocky. That's great. I'm gonna play Eye of the Tiger over and over. That's gonna be good. Uh, but she so I it. it it's all her fault for shoving me down that road. As soon as, uh, you know, I became an adult, I was like, um, I don't see this as a, as a potential future for professional. I, I don't see this paying the water bill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but I, I had a hookup. My, what I wanted to do, I wanted to work for my dad. I thought my dad was the coolest dude on the planet. He owned, he owned the insurance agency in Texarkana called Dan Crowder insurance agency. All right. And, I mean, his office, he had that wallpaper that looks like a forest. Is it like a forest scene behind yeah. him? He got that phone that has the little shoulder holder. So he's doing this. He's <laughs> tapping on that computer in MS-DOS or something at the time, you know, putting <laughs> floppy And I'm like, this guy is cool, you know. So I was giving car quotes at age like 11. I mean, <laughs> we're talking illegal. They thought I was a receptionist and a, and a girl. They're like, how are you doing? Um, so I, I just, that's what my, my since I had that nepotistic hookup, I wanted to take over the family practice and, yeah. uh, and I thought it was going to be a great life. And, and it was my junior year of college. And I was, I, so since I had that going on, I knew I could just st- study and pass the insurance exam. And I thought I'd go off to school and, and study something fun. And I thought music would be fun. Hmm. It's not fun. Don't go to, co- <laughs> it's like the word you, all you do is live in a practice room, locked away by yourself, playing <laughs> stuff you don't like over and over. Um, so it wasn't fun, but I was, so I was getting my BA, which is a cheap way around in a music degree. Um, and, and with an emphasis in piano and, and then I was going to go home and work for my dad and, and, um, about my junior year, this guy, st- he, he was going to start a church and aimed at college students and just asked me, Hey man, um, we were buzzing. He's like, Hey man, you mind helping me out with the music portion of our Sunday morning gatherings? And I was like, that's a terrible idea. Absolutely not. And then he he's a he's a preacher through and through, which they're so manipulative. They can get you to do anything, man. So, you know, I said, absolutely not. And before I know it, that's all I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm finding players. I was I was just like the MD. I wasn't leading. I was just like, you know, finding players, finding material, um, rehearsing everybody and making sure everybody showed up on a Sunday morning and tried to pull something off. And given that it was college kids. Uh, half the time people wouldn't show on Sunday. And so I found myself having to lead because nobody's around. And he's like, well, you got to do it. I'm like, man, I can't sing, bro. Like, this is the worst church to come to, man. Um, but that's how it started. And then about a year in, and, and at the front end, we were just basically, you know, recycling 
old hymns. I just, I just mm-hmm. didn't, you know, uh, um, there was, it was, it was a lot of people that had grown up in church, had a lot of baggage from church. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a little, little community of refugees almost. And so I, I didn't want to bring in our camp experiences and these songs that were part of our camp experiences. So we were trying to figure out what can we do that, that roots us in the ancient, that, that we were singing, we're singing lyrics that have been fully vetted. And I thought, man, we can't, if these, these hymns have been around for a bit, I think, I think they've been vetted pretty well. So we just started there, but then about a year in, it really felt like we also needed to say something for our organic local experience. And mm-hmm. um, that's where we really uh, started writing. And I was like, well, I'll just give it a shot and see if I can write something. And, and, and it was terrifying and it's still terrifying. You know, you're <laughs> like, man, I'm putting words in your mouth and, and, and things in your chest that, I want to be, you know, true and as accurate as I can um, theologically, and, and uh, it's a, so that's that's really how the whole thing got going, though. You know, the number of stories that I hear on this show that begin with "There's either a pastor or a youth pastor talking <laughs> you into something." That was like, "Hey, you're gonna should do this." Like, no, I don't want to do it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna do it. <laughs> you're gonna do it. Yeah, that's it. And man. then like the rest is history. Is so. <laughs> funny again it is it is important and it shows and I, and I usually make this point is is people see things in other people that we don't often see in ourselves absolutely and it's really yeah. really important and yeah, we're it. here with uh david crowder here on behind the tunes from the visible music college studios uh the youngest insurance agent in the history of the united states <laughs> check him out at crowdermusic.com david do you remember the first record you bought with your own money Yes, um, it was a it was Queen. Ah, um, it was a single, and yeah. so it had an A side, B side. It was another one, bites the dust. Ah, and I well, no, here's here's what okay, happened. okay. Um, when, growing up, uh, all music was great in the house, but then something happened, and suddenly some music was fine, and other music was not. It's, you know, and as a kid, I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but you know, we used to have Elvis on. Where did he go? You know. <laughs> Um, so only Christian music. So I had convinced my, my father that Queen was a Christian band <laughs> <laughs> to the point where my dad's a soccer, our soccer coach. And so he would bring uh, on a cassette tape, at, you know, at the time he'd bring this jam box out to our practices and play another one bites the dust. It was our theme song. And he'd be like, you know, he thinks he's talking about the devil or something. Somebody, the devil going about the dust. He, he hadn't listened to anything. And so, and so we go play the game. We'd win, we'd lose, but we go to this little pizza joint afterwards. They had a jukebox and deal. My dad go play, hit it up on the deal. Another one buys the dust. <laughs> come back, give a team speech like, "Hey boys, we'll get them next time." You know, they're going down. They're gonna bite the dust next time. Devil. Um, I'm sitting in church on a Sunday evening, and this traveling evangelist is coming through town, speaking the ills of secular music and how it's warping <laughs> the minds of the young children today. And the first song out of the, <laughs> to, to, to show this backward masking secret messages being being put into these young impressionable minds is Queen Another One by Dust. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've never been more terrified. And that's the hardest I've prayed. I prayed, God, take me home now. I want to be with Jesus now, or just never let this guy stop talking. Please don't. And my yeah, my dad. I could feel the fury coming from him you're just staring a, straight ahead like yeah i'm just so. like <laughs> hey but the good thing the upside of that whole evening was i did that is the first time i discovered acdc <laughs> oh. 
No, there was You're a like positive. Naked there was like a positive oh, like, what's oh, the other gotta, ones you were like? Oh. Got to check that one out. This guy's got it going on. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Those are the those are the stories that that show to me just the incredible humor of God Himself. <laughs> right? There's no way that that's absolutely. Happen. He's like, I've got him now. <laughs> well, so you mentioned you mentioned Queen being the first album you bought, and then when you made a, a, a quiet note of ACDC that night, <laughs> who were your influences growing up musically? Um. It was, uh, you know, I, as I said early on, there was a lot of there was a lot of old school country in the house. Willie, Willie, and Waylon and the boys. Johnny Cash, huge. Uh, Elvis was big time. My mom, yeah. you never seen a bigger Elvis fan than, yeah. than my mom. Um, I remember when he died. Uh, my mom, it came on the radio. My mom pulled over on the side of the road and just started like weeping hard. Wow. And me and my brother were in the back seat and we're like. Oh no! What happened? She's like Elvis died. <laughs> I thought the world was over, man. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but so that you know, old school country was pretty big time, and then uh, and then it was you know, as I said, <laughs> Queen became quite influential. <laughs> that rock, rock, Kiss was huge. <laughs> ACDC was huge. Um, Pink Floyd was huge. Um, but then when I by the time I got into college, I was I went down that frat rock stuff. Uh, widespread panic mm -hmm. and, and the Dave Matthews band, but the the band that I was just enthralled with was Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam okay. was my stuff. Pearl right. Jam and that that whole that whole scene uh, up in Seattle was my my was my jam right there. So All right. you may have just that's about the this. time I started writing music. We're that's what All I was right. Into. You may just answer this. If you could open up for anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> shoot. It would have to be it would have to be Eddie Vedder solo. Yeah. Eddie yeah. solo. Just to be near him on the stage would be cool. Love it. Again, we're here with David Crowder. Check him out at CrowderMusic.com here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. David, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? I I do. I didn't really uh um well, I'll tell you how it went down. Um <laughs> It was like I said, I was I was like, let's give it a shot, you know. And so it was a song called You Alone. Mm -hmm. And I I you know, I I'd been working on it for a while. And so I I my roommate at the time was I grew up with, he was my best friend growing up. He was the son of the music director of the church I had gone to back in Texarkana, Texas, where I grew up. Um knew him I mean, we were just close. And so he knows I'm terrified. I'm like, this is like the scariest thing I've ever done. Like, this could be tragic. I, sh I shouldn't be doing this. And so we do the song. I think it goes great. I'm like, I'm like, that was great. I come off the stage after the deal. We're at lunch. I'm like, bro, what'd you think? And he goes, about what? I'm like, the song. Like, the song I wrote was, you know, scared to do. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't think you can actually call that a song. Like, you just <laughs> kind of said the same thing over and over. And it was like, what, three chords? Like, I, it's not, I don't think you can call that a song. <laughs> So, so I could have just stopped right there, you know, with that kind of friend encouragement. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I don't listen to my friends. That's what I learned out that. That's day. what I'm saying. Friends my are friends idiots. Are, my friends are ignorant. That's what they are. I get All better right. friends. All right. So I assume it's changed a little bit. What's your songwriting process like today? Well, it's more collaborative. Uh, you know, at the time, um, for for most of the first, um, well, we we wound up, we wound up with like the worst band name ever. We didn't name it. We just started traveling here and there. And I guess because Dave Matthews was big at the time, we'd be going somewhere and they just were like, oh, it's the David Crowder band. And I'm like, it's not the David Crowder band, man. Uh, but we got stuck with that name for a while. And uh, at that time, it was just pretty much me. 
writing everything. And then eventually I was, I was like locking some of the other band guys in rooms and like, don't come out till you write a song. Like I'm not, I'm feeding you, I'll throw you some ramen under the door. Yeah. 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 It was toxic. Um, but, but we, so we, it became more collaborative toward the end. And by the end of it, everybody was, I think, contributing equally to uh, what we were making. Um, but then when I went on the solo Crowder endeavor, um, I'm like, oh my gosh, now it's going to literally be all my fault. But what I've found is it's become way more even collaborative than I was mm. a part of at the time, you know, getting to write with people that I've wanted to write with for a long time. We were just very insular and kind of just were like, hey man, if it's coming from our church, let's keep it coming from our church and not mm. have a lot of outside voices mm-hmm. in it because we were speaking from our organic experience and our journey with God. Um, but, you know, I jumped over to Atlanta, Texas or Atlanta, Georgia out of texas and and um man it's been a it's been amazing i feel like i've grown as a writer being around people that are doing this every day day in and day out and um it's so that part of it has been amazing so it's very collaborative i feel what i'm doing most of the time is just collecting i feel like i carry carry like a little pail around and i put stuff in it and when it's time to come you know into a writing session or something i pull the stuff out and be like okay here's what we got Let's see if there's something that's worth worth uh, scratching at, and and then that's been a blast. I'm having more fun now than I've ever had making music. It's pretty cool. Man, that's great. And like, I gotta ask you a question: Is that a bear behind you? Am I looking oh, at yeah, a, a yeah, bear? Yeah. <laughs> what am I looking at? It's a little bear brick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a Dan, Daniel uh, Ashram is actually an artist that did that. But yeah, it's a bear. It's a that's bear. Really, I know. I, I just like, need I just need wildlife near me. It's, it's inspiration. It makes this you feel like your yeah, nature. The, this is the home studio. This, this is this is in the basement, and I just need you know my I need my toys near. That's right. It's your nature. <laughs> it's like I'm in I'm in you're one with with the world and nature around you. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, I'm seeing your I'm seeing your your shelves full of goodness. Yeah, you I'm got excited. that cowboy thing made my wife happy, man. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's the biggest. You've never watched football. Till you watch her watch football, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's that's what a fan acts like. Yeah, no piece of furniture sacred. Uh, something's damaged every time. If they'd win more, we'd have uh, less damaged furniture <laughs> right. in the house. You know, that's why you had Half to leave the Dr remotes. Pepper house. You destroyed it. Yeah, destroyed your house. <laughs> that's why there's water coming in, honey. You threw the that's remote it. through the ceiling. Tony was watching. Yeah, Tony was watching Sunday football. Is what's wrong. <laughs> Well, David, there's few things like live music. It's one of the best things there is. It's an incredible gift and moments to create it. But there's goofy stuff that happens along the way. Do you have a most embarrassing onstage moment that sticks out to you? Oh, man. I mean, I've got a, those are nightly. I'm not kidding. There's something I'm going to do stupid every night. But one of the worst was we were playing up in uh, in Pennsylvania at this big, big festival called Creation Fest. And mm-hmm. and at the time, as a height, I mean, it looked like it's just a sea of people like 60,000 people or something. And it's the first time I, I think I, I decided it's a good idea for us to to play how he loves for the first time ever. I had just heard it and I'm like, God, this song's amazing. We should do it. And they're like, okay. Um, <laughs> and so it's the first time I'm ever going to play it out loud. All right. And at the time I had this janky computer and, and it tended to the, the eight, the eight inch that Jack, kind of had a short in it <laughs> and if the and if the cable got touched or bumped or anything and it came out it would drop the bit rate of of the of the the programming museum in ableton live and it would drop the bit rate of ableton that means you're not in a real key you're not in 440 <laughs> anymore and and it's a lot lower well i hit the i, I hit i'm playing keys so i hit the first you know down 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 a little little uh, uh melody line on the piano and i'm like 
that sounds awfully low. And then I play it again. And so then I get up to the mic and I'm like, he, he, he is jealous for me. <laughs> it's so low. I can't. I mean, and I look at the band like, oh no, we're in trouble. And the bass player's like, uh uh-uh, uh, we're not in the key. He starts tuning one note, it's one string. He's trying to get that that low string, E string, in, into tune or something. The only person that can play with me is a violinist because he doesn't have any frets. Uh-huh. So he's like, you can hear him screeching around trying to find where we are. It was just a disaster, absolute disaster. Hey, but I pushed through. I didn't stop. We just, That's right. Yeah, That's right. yeah. <laughs> like man, we have one dude on a on, on one bass string and a violinist screeching around. <laughs> uh, poor people. They must. That's the, and that was the stuff. first time you played it. That was the very first time. We still <laughs> you kept play at it, it again. Kept I'm, yeah, I'm hungry. I got to we get this one right. We're still going. Yeah, uh, undeterred. Again, we're wrapping up here with David Crowder. Check him out at CrowderMusic.com here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. David, I like to end with a little rapid fire. You got your game face on? Hey, man, I'm going to get uh, – so these are are these wrong or right answers? Or they're no. Wrong answers? No. Oh, then I'm going to nail this. You're going <laughs> to kill You can make, make anything. I'm going to get all of them right then. Fair enough. That's great. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. What's your favorite junk food? Oh, man. It's, it's fiery Cheetos and pickles, like hamburger deal sliced. It's a particular brand called Best Made. You get me a bowl of Best Made hamburger dill pickles and Safari Cheetos. That's it. You eat those together at the same time. Those are together. Those are those are together. Yeah. Did you see? I mean, not you know, it's like one and then one. You know, it's not like I'm not making little Cheeto bowls out of the pickle or anything. Did you watch the movie about the uh, spicy? No, I haven't yet. How he came up? Yeah, the dude that came up with that. Uh. -uh. Pretty good. It's It's on the it's on the to do list. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Can you, can you name straight up vanilla man i don't even it's mine too. I, don't, I don't mess with other stuff it's yeah. mine too it's, mine. it's too goofy can you name one of the seven dwarfs yeah uh, uh goofy that's, that's not that's not a dwarf that's a dog that's a dog i don't think there's a goofy it's a dog that owns a dog there's a sneezing there's a sneezing there's a, dro- there's a droopy I no don't know. there should be there should be no yeah. you, you got sneezy though and sneezy's great if you had to change your first name what would it be? Oh man, I wanted to change my name so badly. I really wanted to. I wanted to be Dale. Dale. It's not Dale more. Crowder. It's not more interesting than David. But I, I, I just there was a there was a, um, a a a friend of my family, my dad, um, that's name was David, and then and then he changed it to Dave, and I thought. You know, as he was older, I was like, "That's still not a good name for a, a an older dude." So I'm like, "Man, I'm not, I got to grow into something better." Dale, you can stick with for life. You David, can. It's, it's just it's just weak. It's tough. Well, never mind. I was gonna say it's, it was maybe tough to be David in uh in Waco for a while too. <laughs> yeah, well, I, especially when you're starting a church. <laughs> I, I heard that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. What color is your toothbrush? It's black, but it's, it's kind of. It's black. It's, it's it's matte black. Yeah, it's it's classy looking. It's classy. Oh, looking. it's classy. You got a classy toothbrush. Yeah, yeah. My 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 wife picked it out. <laughs> it matches the thing it sits in. So that's great. You can't have some blue or green toothbrush and in, in, you know whatever that thing. You is. can't have a toothbrush that doesn't match the thing. Right. I get it. No. There's the a movie. There's, there's, a, there's vibes going on in the movie about your life. The David Crowder story. What actor would play you? Rocky Balboa. I think he's got another name, but it's got to be Rocky Balboa. Oh, Sylvester Stallone. That's him. He's always he's Rocky to me forever. Yeah. If you could be it any, be, it basically, be another Rocky movie. That would be what it is. <laughs>
I'm so athletic and yeah. They keep Life. trying to take it the music direction. Like, no, we're not <laughs> uh, doing that. Yeah. We're going to boxing. We're we'll doing boxing. I'm, I'm a boxer. <laughs> if you could Rappy. be any Marvel character, who would it be? Yeah. Oh, Star Lord. Uh, the Guardians oh, yeah. of the Galaxy. That's he's a cool funny, one. you know. He's hilarious, and he gets he's got great friends. They're good pals. They all like each other. That's a good and one. They, and they shot their Christmas special at my house. Did they so really? I'm partial. They did. They really did. No lie. Guardians of the Galaxy's Christmas special. <laughs> it, actually, our home is Kevin Bacon's home. So Kevin Bacon's living at our house, but it's his house. So we. So technically, I live in the Kevin Bacon's house. It's in <laughs> the movie. I don't. I, it's it's anyway. This is rapid fire. I'm. I digress. Worlds are colliding here. Yeah. Holy cow. Seven degrees. You just did seven degrees of Kevin I won Bacon the game. right and here. You won the game. It's over. Yeah. It's over. You you won the game. You know me. You know? Holy cow. Favorite I'm the, board I'm game. I'm degree away. <laughs> Favorite board game. What you got? Sorry. Time I rarely sh- win. I love that game, though. My, my, I grew up playing with my grandparents. Yeah. We played over their house. So I've got like, it's nostalgic. I like it. You know, Candyland is nostalgic for me, but my mom never let me win. Like, I played Candyland with my mom all the time. She just demolished me. It's like, I don't know why I even play games anymore. Hey, that builds character, speaking of character. I'm I'm best at, though, I'm best at Connect Four. I can't be beaten at Connect Four. Really? I I don't lose that game. No. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. I'm a champ. You have a time machine for one day. When and where do you go? The World's Fair um, in Chicago. When electricity became a thing and the Ferris wheel was there, yeah, that was a it was a it was a magical moment in time where you thought there was going to be you know dirigibles in the sky, you know zeppelins <laughs> taking us to drop us <laughs> off at the Empire State Building for a little meal on top of the building. It was it was a the world was wide open and you know there the lights came on in your life. I would like to be around for that deal. That's incredible. That's a new one for me. You have a favorite cartoon growing up? Uh, well, yeah, it's Bugs Bunny. That was the yeah. uh, Saturday mornings, man. Bugs Bunny. It's still was, good too. That guy was a character. It holds up. It really holds up. The Tom and Jerry, they had a good run when they went to the uh they went to Russian piano music, kind mm-hmm. of Russian <laughs> jazz for a second. That those are good. Those are that still holds up well too. Bugs Bunny is the Dale of cartoons. <laughs> it just <Absolutely>. works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Would twelve year old David doc? Crowder think you're cool today? <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> he, he knows better he would know he'd spy you'd be like all right this bit the beard's not doing nothing i see you i see you oh i love it and last but not least something that you hate that everyone else loves okay something you hate that everyone else loves um it, it would be oh that everybody else loves oh man that's a, that is a tough one um you know, I think it has to be. It has to be bubble baths. I think everybody okay. loves a bubble bath. I don't like a bubble bath. I like I a bath, but yeah. I don't like a bubble bath. What do you hate about it? Them? Just it gets in the way. Like, what do you when you're getting out? What do you got? It's just like what's like all this stuff all over. You know, it's like <laughs> and then it's it's just and the bubbles are it's gets in your eyes. It's not. It's just not. You a can't good vibe. wash your hair. It's not a good vibe. Yeah, I agree. It's, I, it's greasy. You now you you feel. I I don't. I don't hate a bubble. Now it's been a minute. <laughs> I'm meaning to try it and see if I remember. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if I love them because of those same things. Okay. It's every, it's everywhere. I just assumed everybody loves a bubble bath. And I do then, think so they I'm do. Like, I just I want the plain bath. You know, I don't need that. Bu- the bubbles are too much. It's too much. He's David Crowder here on Behind the Tunes. 
Check him out at CrowderMusic.com. David, you've been a ton of fun, man. Thanks for hopping on today. Hey, loved it. Loved it. And can't wait to get that way. We're excited about it.